Hello everyone and welcome to the Business of PT podcast. I'll be your host, JT Moore. In this podcast, we will be interviewing successful physical therapists and learning about their stories in the field of PT. We will discuss a variety of topics such as entrepreneurship, careers, and pathways in physical therapy, as well as important characteristics in becoming a great PT. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you liked it, make sure to subscribe to get updates when new podcasts are released. Thanks, everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of having Jason Waz, owner of Competitive Edge Performance and owner and creator of New PT Tech. He is the leading physical therapy expert, educator, and distributor for the Newbie, short for Neurobioelectric Stimulator, and he has rehabilitated athletes in all major sport leagues, including the NFL, MLB, NHL, MLS, PGA, and WTA. Jason, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. That's uh, that's quite a resume and uh, quite a mouthful. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate you having me on. You know, we were talking a little bit right before we came on about uh, like your status as a, a DPT student, and uh, you know, I really applaud you for you know having that mindset, like that business mindset. I think we'll get into it in this podcast, but um, I don't know how many people in your in your class have that like mindset of I want to be a PT and I want to be an entrepreneur and I want to be a business person. But um, I'm interested. I mean, I'm going to turn around on you right away. <laughs> I'm interested a little bit, you know, uh, you know, as far as your audience that you're reaching, you know, just real quick because I want to be able to kind of talk about like the stuff that I have that's like really geared toward your audience. But um, you know, how how uh, like, have you always had an entrepreneur business mindset or, or what got you thinking into doing this podcast? Cause I mean, it's like, we see a lot of students in my practice and it's unheard of to get hardly any of them that aren't just so set on their science and their physical therapy studies. So I think that'll help me kind of talk to your audience and, you know, get a little bit of that background. Yeah, no, uh, about that. Like as far as entrepreneur, I think like, I never really thought I was a super big entrepreneur, like, growing up, but, like, now that I've kind of, like, looked back and reviewed, I guess I kind of have been. Like, I was the kid kind of in school growing up where I'd always try to, like, figure out a way to, like, make money in different ways. Like, I would, I literally would buy, like, the donuts packages in Costco, at, like, the individ- like the big bulk ones, and then send them to my friends and everything. Right, just right. random things like that, that, uh, just to make an extra buck on the side. And I, I realized at the moment I was like, oh, I just want to make some money on it. But I didn't think that it was like entrepreneurial at all of me. But now that I've realized there's that different books that I like to read when I was younger that like I realized may not have been a bunch of comic books that got into like the entrepreneur mindset, like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I like to read. Um, and like also Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, like all of these stories about successful entrepreneurs. And I realized like I wanted to do things like what they're doing. And so I guess from that standpoint is where I've had it. And kind of when I got into PT um, one of my mentors was like my first ever like the owner of the clinic that I was at and he was just so instrumental in kind of teaching me um, the importance of phys- like obviously physical therapy side but also he's a great he's a great businessman as well and just learning from him and I was like you know what? I want to do something like this as well I love I love the aspect of physical therapy and I also have heard from so many people like the importance of being like your own boss and, I, and I, that resonated with me obviously I want to become a great physical therapist first and I can't if I'm not a good physical therapist it doesn't matter on right. the business side yeah. um, so obviously I'm, I'm working on those skills and perfecting that but eventually one day I want to open up my own practice and, and have that side as well awesome and so yeah with the podcast well, I hope I can just be able to share with other PT students because we don't have a lot of education on the side of um, business and entrepreneurship 
right. to be able to share this as well with people that, like you have become so successful in the field. Yeah, and I think that's a big point. I mean, I think it took me 20 years to really like digest like the business side. I mean, I, we'll talk about, you know, some of my background and my trajectory as a human being and as a, <laughs> as a physical therapist, hopefully I'm not, uh, I don't bore your uh, listeners by telling my life story, but I think it's really important to kind of, when I listen to these podcasts, you don't usually get the background on people, but you get the, what am I doing now, now that I've become somewhat successful in the eyes of the general public. Right. And, and I'm always wondering, well, what did they do in high school or what did they like doing before that? Or, you know, did they ever work growing up? You know, and so um, I kind of want to flip it and start with my main point, like my take home point, which usually gets to the end of these talks, right, is uh, is for anybody out there that's listening. I'm guessing there's a lot of students and probably startup PTs that have been out for a little bit. that are looking at, you know, what can they do better? But uh, my main point is it just goes down to I've always come from a family of hard workers. None of them were business owners, really, or entrepreneurs, but I, I was instilled with hard work and just do the right thing the first time and every time. And, uh, it'll come back to you eventually. <laughs> um, you know, and, and it gets tough for people sometimes because in the, in the day and age of, uh, Insta fame, you know, and, uh, in social media and you see all these like glorious things that are out there and, uh, you know, you, you have a tendency to think, okay, I'm going to get out of school for a year and I'm going to be a successful entrepreneur, but you really, it just comes down to hard work. You have to pay your dues, um, get that mentor and really plan, you know, as a PT or as any entrepreneur coming out of any technical program, you really should get and learn as much about your craft and your trade as possible for that first three, four, five, seven years. And if you're interested in the business side, like you said, you worked with a, a PT practice owner that was really almost like a, um, a model for you to you know, how you'd be successful in business and also help people. I mean, as, as anybody that's in physical therapy always gets into it because in one way, shape or form, we want to help people. Right. But I always tell people we all want to do that, but you should also be able to have a very successful business. There's nothing wrong with a business that's successful. You have to make money to stay in business, to invest in your business, to invest in your people. And you shouldn't be ashamed of that, but there's a way, you know, going about doing it. So, a little bit about me. I'm, uh, you know, I was, I grew up in, I was born in Buffalo, New York, and uh, you know, grew up uh, there until the fifth grade. You know, we moved to the Tampa, Florida area in fifth grade. So I spent most of my, you know, uh, pre-college years in Florida. Um, and I was always that, you know, like I said, came from that hardworking family. I played, you know, varsity sports, you know, from my sophomore year on, baseball and football, and. Uh, I was about 120 pounds as a sophomore playing varsity football, getting the crap beat out of me. And, but I would have to, you know, I had to pay for my own car payment and my own car insurance, you know? So I'd work at McDonald's, you know, I'd go and unload the truck at 4 a.m. in the morning at McDonald's and all my friends used to call me McWads, you know? <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, uh, you know, so I got through that. Yeah. I went to college. Uh, I went to Florida state university for my undergrad. I was pre-med biology and, uh, thought I wanted to be a physical therapist because I was, you know, an athlete and heard about physical therapy and, you know, we rehab when we were going through sports. Uh, so when I graduated from Florida state with my bio pre-med degree, uh, this was in 1994. Um, I, uh, it was much more difficult to get into physical therapy program at that point in time than it was medical school. So, um, if I didn't get into a PT program, my fallback was going to be, I'm going to go, I want to become a doctor. I mean, go to med school. So it was kind of weird that the way that happened. I remember I went through my interviews. I went to one school 
And uh, because of you know my grades and what I had done through my undergrad, one school told me that I was overqualified and overeducated for their program. I was like, what? I was like, so I was like, I was distraught. I thought like I did all this. I didn't go hardly do any partying in my undergrad. You know, graduated with you know magna cum laude from Florida State, and I was like, I'm not going to get into any PT program. What am I going to do with my life? You know, this is my thought process at that time. So I ended up getting into University of Florida, which for PT, which is the best school for physical therapy in Florida at that time, and uh, you know, graduated with high honors from Florida. But I knew I wanted to be a well-rounded physical therapist, and this is where kind of paying your dues comes in. And so I took a job at an acute care hospital in Orlando, Florida and worked there for three or four years, gradually did the outpatient clinic at the hospital, did some home health, did some subacute care, that type of thing. And, um, you know, was dating my wife, uh, who wasn't my wife at the time, and she's from Tampa as well. So we moved back after we got married to the Tampa area. I took my first outpatient job at a place called the Ironman Institute, uh, where we'd have these athletes, they would go through these, you know, uh, cardiology assessments and wellness assessments and uh, knew I really liked the outpatient world at that point in time and uh, became the clinic director of one of the biggest everybody's heard of it one of the biggest corporate physical therapy practices you know their corporate office was here in Tampa and worked my way up as the manager and I learned a lot you know at that point about the KPIs the key performance indicators of the physical therapy business I was like man I know everything I need to know now about the physical therapy business you know, I'm seeing 100 patients a week and, you know, managing all these therapists and I'm only 25 years old or 28 years old, whatever it was at that time. And uh, uh, come to find out that um, that really just taught me how to look at statistics, but it didn't really teach me how to be a CEO or an entrepreneur. Um, so real quick, my next job, I circled, came full circle and I took a job as a CEO of the physical therapy practice that used to work on us as athletes in high school in my hometown. <laughs> so there's five or six clinics. Um, I, I was the CEO of that clinic, but part of me becoming the CEO of that practice was I wanted to form this new model of physical therapy where we could do sports performance. We could do physical therapy. We could get people you know, coming from professional teams that were at their home for the summer and work with them because outpatient practices really weren't good at that. So that's when I formed Competitive Edge Performance, CEP, which is still my current practice. Um, and, uh, you know, what happened is three or two or three years into that, um, CEP separated from the main company that I was a CEO of because um, it was, it was kind of like, um, it was kind of like culture shock to the owner of the practice that I was the CEO of. It was like, well, she's been in business since the 1960s, right? And she's like, I don't know about all this cash pay stuff and this hybrid practice. I don't know what you're talking about. So we separated amicably and you know, I've had competitive edge since 2006, which is my private practice. Um, because of competitive edge being like, a, we wanted to be different. We wanted to see one patient an hour. We wanted to be work with athletes. We knew we couldn't take every insurance, every commercial insurance out there. We knew a lot of it was going to have to be cash pay and cash pay services back in 2006 were like, you were like an albatross because <laughs> 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 insurance was still paying pretty good. We're like, we don't want to work in that model. I went out on a limb. I took a leap of faith because I want to have a different model. So I always was looking into different ways of uh, becoming innovative. You know, we use a system called anodyne infrared therapy, which, you know, was, you know, supposed to be pretty good. We've looked at really early versions of PEMF, pulse electromagnetic field therapy. I even uh, put a, a ninja wall 
uh, ob- obstacle course, like American Ninja Warrior in my practice, mm-hmm. like five or six years ago and hired a guy, his name's Rico Rivera. He's been on American Ninja Warrior for like 10 seasons. We hired him to kind of train some of our, our patients as a transition out of physical therapy and the Tough Mudder and these adventure races were all popular then. And that ended up being more of a hobby than a business model. So, you know, I've probably failed in ideas that I've had of becoming an entrepreneur, you know, when it comes time to, you know, making money and paying for the business more than I've succeeded. Um, and that's kind of where my practice went. Um, we had a really well-known practice, you know, for the first 10 years, um, all the professional athletes that, uh, lived in Tampa, but were home away from their team and the off season would be sent to us. You know, doctors would send their own family members to us. The, you know, attorneys would come to us themselves. We had a really well-known practice locally in Tampa, but also nationwide with the athletes that were coming to us. But um, you know, I got 10 years into my practice and I realized I really wasn't able to scale my practice. I was basically a um, victim of my own success. Everybody wanted to see me, which is great, but it was hard to hire that second, third, fourth, fifth therapist that they would also wanna see because when you have a cash-based business, it's really difficult to have somebody pay 120 or 130 or $150 for therapy services for somebody that they really don't know has the reputation and this and that. And, um, that was around 2017 and I realized I needed to do something different. So, um, I did two things. I discovered the newbie device, which I know we'll talk about a little bit. Um, and, uh, first and foremost, that device is, which is a proprietary form of pulse direct current is probably the one thing in the entire PT profession across my entire career that has the most impact, the most value the best results and the best way to scale a practice. And we can talk a little bit more about that. Um, and then I also hired and met uh, Brian Gallagher with Meg Business. You know, Brian's one of the top, uh, he's not a consultant, but he has a coaching and an advisory company and they do all front office, back office. They teach physical therapy practice owners how to be CEOs, how to get out of our day-to-day whirlwind of everything that's going on and learn how to be a leader, learn how to be a CEO and learn how to scale. So we added the newbie as our clinical practice differentiator, um, hired Brian Gallagher and his team. And the third thing I did in 2017 that really helped advance my practice to that next level uh, was you talk about reading books. Um, there was a book, there's a book and a theory called four disciplines of execution, 40X. Uh, it just teaches you how to keep yourself and your team and your staff and the people that work with you all accountable to themselves and to each other. So I instilled that. We have what we call a WIG meeting, which is our wildly important goal. You know, every Wednesday, in order to be proactive for our weekly goals, whether it's business or patient satisfaction or how many emails are we going to get in. And since we've been doing that, adding the newbie, working with uh, experts like Brian Gallagher and his team. Uh, from 2017 to 2018, uh, my practice had been open for 10 years. We doubled our revenue from any previous year that we've had. In 2018, we actually moved from one facility to another facility in May. So we were kind of all over the place, moving equipment, trying to reschedule patients for about two weeks out of the four weeks in May of 2018. We had our best May that we've ever had in the history of my business while we were in that whole like chaos of moving from 2018 to 2020 we've doubled our revenue again and from 2020 to 2023 we have projections to double our revenue a third time and that's with me being able to step out of seeing patients i don't really see patients that much anymore i still am in the clinic because i love being in there but um i don't need to see patients anymore Um, i have a whole team of people that i've been able to train with the newbie technology and with this scaling in order to 
you know, be able to kind of have a really, really good work-life balance. I didn't have that before 2017. So um, that's kind of a long history of kind of where I've been and where I was going, but I'd, I'd be happy to answer more direct questions. So. No, that was perfect. And thank you for sharing all those. I, I loved at the beginning how you shared like that key takeaway of, of hard work. I think that is something that you can never get away from. If you want to be successful in any career, in any in any avenue, you have to have that hard work. And obviously just sharing your story right here, it's, it's shown how that hard work has paid off and how you've constantly been trying to find innovative ways to progress and grow. Like I, You spoke of Brian Gallagher, and I've, I've listened to some of his podcasts. He's another great podcast for PTs interested. I think it's the the secrets of the top 10%. Yeah, um, that's it. yeah. yeah and so I, I love that. He, he has a great mindset as well um, in on the entrepreneur business side of it. Um, but yeah, I wanted to kind of dig in deeper a little bit in all these little parts that we talked about. Um, so you kind of got introduced to PT. What, why did you choose that as your specific career? Was there any specific instance that you're like, this is what I want to become? Or did you just kind of, how did that go into I was life? good. I was good. I was, you're either like good at science or you're good at English, right? <laughs> I was pretty good at science. And uh, it was like one of those things where like, I think I heard somebody in high school saying, oh, physical therapy, you kind of do stuff, you know, like medical stuff, but you can still deal with athletes. And everybody that becomes a physical therapist thinks they're going to only deal with athletes at that, you know, when they're 16, 17 years old, right? And so, uh, so that was really it. And, and like I said, I wasn't even really sure I was going to do that, you know, but um, instead of taking the route of becoming a medical doctor or a PT, my mindset when I was 18 years old or 20 years old was, well, I, don't, I think doctors really have to be on call all the time. And I think they're going to be really busy and they're not going to have a really, at that point, I knew I wanted a good work-life balance, but I wasn't thinking work-life balance. I was thinking, I don't want to be on call. I don't want to have to do rounds at the hospital every other weekend and this and that. So I want to become a PT. I'll have a nine to five job. I'll be able to work with athletes. I'll make a pretty good living. At that point, you thought 40 grand a year was a good living. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so, so yeah. And so that was really, that's as simple as it was. When I went through PT school at UF, I actually thought I wanted to work only in neuro, like inpatient, you know, subacute, outpatient, you know, neuro, because I really fell in love with that. So it kind of transformed my mind when I was in PT school. And then, uh, you know, just kind of realizing when I moved back to Tampa and had the opportunity to go into that facility called the Ironman Institute, it kind of changed things for me. And um, when I started working in outpatient, I knew I didn't want to be part of that shake and bake mindset, you know, like the corporate was at that time. Um, and I knew I wanted to really be able to spend time with people. And then the whole technology side just evolved because I really think I found through my years of owning my practice for 15 years that we get a lot of people that would come in from, you know, going to therapy two, three other places and finally like, okay, I'll pay out of pocket to come see somebody who might be able to get me better. And they really have like a bad impression overall of physical therapy or they have no impression like, oh, the doctor sent me here. I guess I got to go, but you know, it's not fun for me to go. I wanted to have something where people were excited and they left on visit one, you know, and it could be scaled to any therapist you had as a matter of the level of experience with the therapist that you have working for and with you. I wanted to have a system where they would leave on that first visit and have that aha factor like this is different than anywhere I've been for physical therapy and that's what I spent the last three years of my life you know helping other practices do using technology to you know, be able to scale their practice be able to hire new grads that don't have a lot of experience but they have the right mindset and they have the right ethos and mantra for like what your what your vision is for your own practice and be able to train them with technology where you still use your 
your clinical decision-making skills, you still need that. You're not going to turn into a robot technician, but you have this extra tool where you can get that patient saying within one to four visits, I feel so much better than any place I've ever been before. This is amazing. And patients turn into what, what I call practice evangelists, where it really saves your whole marketing mindset too, because the patients are just turned into your own marketers. So, so it wasn't really, um, at any point that I thought I wanted to be a PT. And then when I was a PT, I didn't know that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But as you go through that evolution, as you become an entrepreneur and you become like an expert in some part of your field and other people's eyes, it just allows you that much more um, reach to others that like my joy now is that clinic in, in Southern California that I trained two years ago that earned practice of the year, the second year he was in business because he adopted this technology and this mindset of being different in physical therapy. So being able to reach those types of people all across the United States is really what drives me now because I feel like I help more patients by helping more practice owners and more physical therapists learn that there might be a little bit different or maybe a better way or just a way to enhance your toolbox, which is what I spent the last three years of my you know, career doing. Uh, that's perfect. I, I love that part that at the end that you mentioned on you're able to help so many more patients because of what you're doing. If you were just a, like just individually treating them, you'd have obviously be treating those patients. They'd have such a big effect on them. But now that you're helping other physical therapists, that just like like is quantified. What am I trying to say? like the right proper word? Just increases the amount of effect right. that you're doing. It's like that it drop magnifies down. it, right? Mag there you go. That's the perfect word. Thank you. Yeah. And I I wanted to kind of go and dig a little bit deeper on new PT tech. Were you always interested in the tech side of physical therapy? How did you get introduced to that? And could you explain a little bit about how you got introduced to the newbie as well? Um, just a little bit on that side of it. Yeah, I, well, I, like I said, I always knew we needed to have a, now it's called a differentiator with working with Brian and his team. And you know, that's the key word right now. You need a differentiator in your practice. But then it was just like, we needed to be different. We needed to have something that, um, was above and beyond what people would have experienced. You can do that in a couple of ways. You can get, you know, manual certifications and all these amazing skills and, you know, uh, build your way up to being like the expert, but it takes a lot of time and you're not going to be able to have a full clinic full of like fellows of the manual therapy association. <laughs> a, you can't afford that many of them and B, it, it's really difficult to see any kind of volume. Yeah, and see it, they're just not that many out there that are in there. So I knew I needed technology. So, we had an early version of a PEMF device that was developed in Clearwater, Florida called the Magnosphere. Had these huge eight foot orbs, you know, on each side of the person. You sat in a chair, but you had to sit in it for an hour. You didn't really feel it. It helped with the nervous system, but somebody sitting in a chair with not feeling, feeling it for an hour really wasn't something that they really had a lot of buy-in. So, um, so I searched, searched, searched for that type of stuff. And, um, uh, one of our clinics back in, again, in the middle of 2017 in the summer, it was in a bodybuilding gym in Tampa. One of our satellite offices is owned by a guy that's you know, really famous in the world of bodybuilding because he's like a scientist of bodybuilding, but he was also like one of the top bodybuilders in the world for many years. His name is Ben Pakulski. He has a system called MI40, Muscle Intelligence. And uh, he's one of these like, very, he has a very big presence both physically and mentally when you're around him and he's not one of these guys that sugarcoats anything and he knew we were into technology and so he told me about this device called the newbie at the end of 2017 um he was at a uh a conference i think it was like a bulletproof conference in austin texas like earlier that year and he's like hey you should check this thing out it's similar to some of the stuff you like using you should check it out and uh 
I looked up their website, called NewFit, who's the manufacturer of the newbie, and uh, Garrett Saltpeter, the neuroscientist and inventor and uh, you know engineer who invented the newbie, is the guy that answered the phone. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, hey, you know, Ben, and Ben was well known. He's like, hey, Ben told me to call you. He said, the thing, I should check this thing out. So I was so impressed by my first hour long phone call with Garrett, because him and his team, I could tell they just wanted to help people get healthier, live healthier lives. It wasn't like one of these hard sell equipment salespeople or equipment reps. And so two weeks later, I was on a plane, went to Austin, Texas, spent three or four days with Garrett and his team. And uh, mind you, they, at that point, they weren't physical therapists. He invented a machine. It was just getting FDA cleared. He had trainers in his facility. It was only about a thousand square foot facility. They had this electrical stim machine on a cart in between these rogue CrossFit racks that were screwed into the walls in his office center that's less than a thousand square feet. And we were about 15 of us in there learning about this device. I was the only PT. And uh, we're walking back and forth. Patiently. His clients are walking by him. Hey, Garrett, how's it going? Going to work out, coming out with a smile on their face. And this was all cash-based services. In that eight-hour time period I was there learning, they probably had 50 customers that were paying over 100 bucks cash just to work out on these machines. I'm like, man, any physical therapy practice would love to have this model. PTs are horrible at selling cash-based services. They're horrible at collecting money. They're horrible horrible generally at, at marketing themselves for you know, cash-based value, you know? And so uh, a light bulb went off in my head saying, you know, I want to get one of these devices in my practice as the first PT on the planet to really see if it's going to work in a PT model and uh, spent the whole uh, year 2018, just kind of, you know, using the device kind of like a proving ground, use it on as many patients as possible, taught my staff how to do the basic, you know, protocols and the end of 2018, we didn't do any marketing whatsoever for this new device, but we had, uh, I think we had 94% increase in revenue between 2017 and 2018. And all we did three things, added the newbie, taught myself how to use it, hired Brian Gallagher and his team with Meg and started having wig meetings with the four disciplines of execution. The newbie was the only thing clinically that we did differently. And so patients were, we had so many more referrals than we ever had because patients were telling everybody and their brother about this experience they had with physical therapy. And I already had a practice that was well known for 10 years. I mean, we, I mean, any, some of the pro athletes that we've seen, everybody would know their names if I mentioned, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not like we had an unheard of practice, but to be in business for 10 years and add these little pieces to the puzzle and double your revenue in the first year that you do it is like unheard of, you know? So it's been pretty, it's been a pretty cool run since then. So that's kind of where, um, we've evolved. I mean, I don't know if you have follow-up questions, but I have kind of a whole story behind that, but we've evolved over the next couple of years. 2019, I trained, um, I started thinking I need to train physical therapists in using this technology. So I started promoting a two day free seminar that I was giving once a month. And uh, people will come from all over the country because they started hearing about the newbie device and uh, they would learn about it for two days at my facility in Tampa. And then 90% of them, before they went back, already knew 20 or 30 patients they wanted to use on it. So they would buy a newbie device and then kind of evolved where I trained about 100 people live. Uh, and then COVID hit in 2020, right? And so we couldn't do live training anymore. So that was kind of a blessing in disguise from a ability to reach people because we uh, formed a virtual training platform. And since then, we've now trained over 1,200 clinicians. We're in over 100 offices. And the business has evolved even more to including other complementary technology, not just the newbie device. But uh, we've learned that you know it has a very positive effect on heart rate variability and on the autonomic nervous system. So we have protocols for that. We have a heart rate variability system to be able to use that as evidence-based practice. If somebody comes in, we do a five-minute HRV scan on them. 
and their HRV is really low, meaning they're in, they're stuck in a sympathetic kind of fight or flight stress response. We don't push them hard that day. We just do recovery services. If it's really high, the HRV, and meaning they're more in a parasympathetic rest and reset, we can beat the crap out of them in a session that day. So we use it as evidence-based practice. And we have a couple other pieces that we've adopted as kind of like a technology suite that we're now training physical therapy clinic owners and practice owners and clinicians how to use. So. Nice. No, uh, that is super cool. Like, honestly, I, I love the aspect of getting innovation using technology to our advantage because I think there's so many progressions. And sometimes I've been into clinics where it's more of the standard traditional way of PT. And it's like, we have all this information, all this technology. We have to really use it and, and maximize it to, to our to our benefit to be able to really help the patients have the best outcomes that they can have. I wanted to know a little bit, so Newbie kind of shared, what are some of the, uh, in your thought process, what are some of the ideal reasons to use the Newbie on patients? Um, just so everyone can understand, oh, this would be a great thing to use, and how can they gain more information if they want to learn more on, on getting trained in the Newbie and learning what it's about? Sure. Um, just a little bit of the science behind it. It's pulse direct current, and there aren't very many pulse direct current machines out there because direct current has a tendency to have side effects like causing burns and skin irritation and things like that. Well, Garrett found a way to create a device that doesn't do any of that. There's absolutely zero cases of any skin irritation or burns or anything like that, so it has less impedance on the skin, and they kind of engineered it in a way that um, I don't even know, but I probably couldn't tell you anyway because it's probably a trade secret. <laughs> but uh, so the way it works differently is what we're able to do, and I tell physical therapists when I teach them, is we go through a mapping process. And the way pulse direct current works is it's, it's sensory. It goes through an afferent feedback loop. So let's say it's a shoulder issue. Uh, we call what we, we do is we map the shoulder. And with direct current, you have to have both electrodes on the patient at the same time. So getting a little bit into a modality class. There's a lot of other companies out there now that they know there's things that are getting really, really like miraculous results like pulse direct current that are now claiming they, their machine also does the same thing. But an easy way if you're just somebody on the street, if you get like a TENS unit, each lead has a red and a black wire, right? Red and black lead. If you put just the red or the black on the patient, they still feel it. That's because it's alternating current. The current alternates on that one lead back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. With direct current and pulse direct current, you have to have the red and the black lead because under normal polarity, the electricity flows from the red lead to the black lead. So when we're mapping, uh, let's say it's a shoulder, we set the intensity to a certain amount. We move the sponge electrode around on the patient's shoulder and where they feel the electricity the most, that's where they have a disconnect in the nervous system and the connection between the brain, the nerves and the muscle. And because it, it gives you kind of some artifacts, so they feel it more. It's almost like reverb, <laughs> you know, coming through the coming through the sponge. So I tell therapists and patients when they come in through the door, we could find two spots, one with the red lead, one with the black lead, on your area where your problem is with 100% certainty that there's, you know, a problem in the disconnect and we can actually start fixing it right away. So when patients come in for physical therapy normally, they're never told that they can find one or two spots with 100% certainty that's at least causing part of your problem. So patients start to think right away, wow, I've never been told this. And they're pretty confident. I mean, I know they're not full, <laughs> I know they're not full of it. And the second thing we tell them is, you know, uh, within one to four treatment sessions, you are gonna know whether physical therapy is helping you and you most likely will have a very positive response within that fourth treatment session. So again, the therapist is very confidently telling them, you're only gonna have to come in like twice a week for two weeks and you're gonna know that this is helping you significantly. Um, nobody's, none of us, I never wanted to commit to that. You know, it's, well, the plan of care is for a month or two months. We'll just have to see everybody's different. That's usually a response they get. So they're told we can find the spots with 100% certainty. 
within four sessions, you're going to get a good result. And I know this confidently because over tens of thousands of cases, that's what happens in 99% of them, right? Um, and then we tell them, yeah, hey, you can see anybody in this practice, we're all trained in this technology. You know, we don't like dump patients from one therapist to the other, but they know that everybody in here is trained in the same techniques. So, so that's like the big picture of what patients hear when they come in for the first session. But from an orthopedic standpoint, I'll just give you an example. Um, I had a guy that's you know been well known to us. He's a 35 year old business owner, entrepreneur. He still loves working out heavy. He was bench pressing uh, 315 pounds in one of his workouts, his 15th rep at 315, you know, 35 year old guy. And of course, our, our physical therapist, naive mindset is, well, did you ask him why he's still doing that? Well, as you become more mature as a physical therapist, you don't ask those questions anymore because you know they're still gonna do it. You just try to find a way to help them do it more safely, right? Um, and so uh, he came to me, tore his pec off his, off his shoulder. So he came to me a week after, he already knew he was gonna have to have surgery, but he was in so much pain that he's like, I can't go another week before surgery. I am gonna have to like put my head through a wall and literally knock myself out if I'm gonna make it another week. Uh, and he was ecomotic, as you can imagine, from his axle all the way down to his waist. So let's just say his name is Bob. It's not Bob, but we'll call him Bob. Uh, I said, Bob, you know, well, I have this device. Let me just map your shoulder. And he so went through the process. He wasn't even like the hot spots weren't even really over the pack. It was on his trap and on his lap. And so all we had him doing was scap squeezes with his hands on a Swiss ball on top of the table and scap squeezes and going through this electricity after we found those two spots. We get done with the first session, which was only about 20 minutes. He starts lifting his arm overhead like a jumping jack. He's like, man, look, I don't even need surgery anymore. I'm like, Bob, you still need surgery. The thing is still detached. All we did is we shut down those overactive protective mechanisms that were inhibiting his shoulder from working. So we got rid of 95% of his pain, didn't think he needed surgery anymore. Here's the kicker though, he had surgery a week later and I'm thinking the surgeon's probably thinking there's this big 35 year old guy that can bench 315. It's gonna be an impossible repair. He's gotta use a crane probably to retract the muscle Put it in as soon as the anchors go in the anchors are going to want to pull out because the muscle is going to be spastic this, he told me in his first post-op visit the surgeon told him he said this was the worst pec tear i've ever seen but it's the easiest repair i've ever done what have you been doing i've never seen this before in my life as a surgeon <laughs> so fast forward we continue to do the the rehab with him after surgery he wasn't supposed to be able to do anything like even a push-up for eight months because of the damage that he had done Within four or five months of surgery, the surgeon cleared him to go back to doing any kind of lifting, anything he wanted to do, including bench pressing. So that's just an example. But we've also found that it also works really, really well, switching gears with neurodegenerative conditions, MS, Parkinson's, um, uh, Guillain-Barre, you know, the, any of these conditions, it works really, really well. CBA strokes. I mean, we had a patient and we're an outpatient sports medicine practice. We're not geared to be like a, outpatient neuro setting we had a guy that came in two years after a stroke his arm was kind of stuck in like a flexor tone on his left arm um, within two weeks of using the newbie on his arm we were able to get him to give the thumbs up we actually have a post on our competitive edge our go see pro instagram page where he's doing the thumbs up and now after a month and a half he was able to fully drink with a glass of water came to us two years after a stroke no no hope of getting used to that hand back and it was able to you know, get his hand back. And then the third kind of application for it is with people who are stressed out. Um, people that are neurodegenerative are really perpetually stuck in that sympathetic nervous system tone, that fight or flight, even though it's not like what we think of fight or flight, where there's a kid stuck under a car, I can lift it up and I have adrenaline going. People that are neurodegenerative, we know from doing HRV testing are perpetually stuck in that sympathetic stress response. 
And so there's just a simple uh, protocol called the master reset with the newbie where they come in like that. And we know we can shift them toward more of a, a parasympathetic dominance. So just think of like the corporate executive that's really stressed out or the kid that has the SAT tomorrow, or we've done a couple of studies with um, children with autism that's really helped them change the way they interact and their affect and their personalities by doing this type of stuff. So it's really, uh, I mean, if there is a holy grail you know, technique or piece of equipment. I haven't found anything better than the newbie, and I've been searching for 25 years. <laughs> That's why I've dedicated most of my career the past three years to kind of enlightening people and trying to stand at the top of the highest mountain. You know, telling people, you know, where, you know, what it can do and how it can help them, their patients, and their practice. You know. Yeah, that is perfect. I I love all the different ways that it can be used and how you found so much success and that that confidence that you have in this product. The two people say in one to four those are things that you don't always hear sometimes in the physical therapy world and to be able to have that confidence in this product is so key how are how could somebody be introduced to it if they want to know more about it sure my um go to the website and, and i don't know if you have show notes or whatever that you can put where people actually I can see add it, but, uh, the website is new pt tech it's spelled like neurological n-e-u-p-t-t-e-c-h.com and when you go to the website on the home page there's like a cartoon video that kind of explains everything. It's kind of sensationalized and exaggerated, but it's all true. <laughs> so that's the first spot to go for like a quick, but if you click on the blog section on the website, on the new PT Tech website, um, there's tons of, there's probably 15, 20, 30 different blogs that have little clippets of how it could work, why it could work from different reasons, whether it be marketing, whether it be sales, whether it be entrepreneur, whether it be, you know, working with your patients. And then, um, the direct email from the website goes directly to me. So I'm happy to answer, you know, any questions from anybody and, and, you know, things like that as well. For sure. Perfect. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah, I now kind of want to transition a little bit over to the kind of business side, entrepreneur side. What are some of the big lessons that you've learned um, throughout your career in entrepreneurship and business with creating competitive edge performance? Um, one of the things is I mentioned earlier is you have to start by being a good clinician, refine your skills there. You have to, you know, really like working with people. And I guess my point is the patients have to know that you really care. Like really one of the main reasons I switched from corporate to opening my own practice is our motto was we want to put the care back in healthcare. You know, I'll give you an example. I have an 18 year old son. He just got his wisdom teeth taken out and um, you know, everything went pretty well. But you know, I hear my wife talking to the dentist this week at 8.30 at night. I'm like, oh great, my wife called the dentist in the middle of the night, what's going on? <laughs> he actually called us to see how my son was doing at 8.30 at night. And so stuff like that is very, very important. If you don't have that basis for um, running a practice, honestly, ethically, with good skill set, that's gotta be your, your staple, that's gotta be your base. Um, and then my main piece of advice is especially if you're going into private practice or if you're going into your own business, find an expert, find a mentor. You know, like I said, it took me 10 years to find Brian Gallagher and his team at Meg, but he taught me how to be a CEO, how to be a entrepreneur, how to be a business person. And, you know, and all the other stuff was already established, but I just wasn't able to kind of get to that point. So it's well worth the cost, the investment, uh, the hard work to get a, uh, you know, a mentor. I mean, the reason that they're the experts is not because they were born with this knowledge. It's because they probably failed thousands of times more than we have, but they just learned from those failures. And now they're kind of telling people how to you know, avoid those pitfalls and those failures. And that's kind of like the main point, because as you said it earlier, PTs, 
we're not taught anything about business, about entrepreneurship and any of the programs. I know some are kind of starting to have like little bits and pieces here, but we're not taught. I mean, the, the goal of University of Florida was to have all of us pack, pass the boards when I was there. And to through the date that I was there, there wasn't a single person since the 1970s that ever failed the boards come out of University of Florida. That's their main goal. So they can't also, you know, worry about this other stuff with entrepreneur stuff and I get it. But when you get out, um, you have to get a mentor. I mean, um, we're not really taught how to sell. And when I say sell, I don't mean like used car salesman, you know, type of thing, but uh, PTs must be able to be able to sell themselves. And a big you know, rule of thumb that I learned probably just more recently is you don't sell your solution. You sell the problem that the customer has, right? So if it's a patient, you sell the fact that, hey, within four visits, I'm gonna be able to help you get off the floor to be able to play with your grandkids. Or I'm gonna help you be able to get through your senior season with no ACL because you still need to play your senior football season in order to get your scholarship. That's what you kind of like talk to them about early on. So you're not really selling and everybody sells. Like if you go out of town and meet a friend that lives somewhere out of town, they say, hey, we gotta go to the best chicken wing place around. They're not selling you on it. They're telling you it's the best place, but they are selling you on it because you're going there. So that's kind of like one of the things that I learned is it does, it's not hard. Sales doesn't mean, need to be, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. We're going to go through 18 visits and we're going to use the newbie and it's pulse direct current and it's going to be $125 each time, but you're going to get better. They don't want to hear that. They just want to hear, I know within four sessions, you will be closer to getting off the floor to play with your grandkids than you already walk through the door. And I guarantee you that, you know? And so that's kind of the big part. It's just talking to people as humans and don't over, don't over, don't make it over technical, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I couldn't agree. Actually, yesterday um, at my clinical rotation, I was talking to um, actually the head of marketing for the practice or like the clinic that I was at. Um, it's like a pretty big clinic here in, the, in Arizona. And I asked her, I was like, yeah, I, could you come on the podcast? Because marketing, those type of aspects and avenues of physical therapy, we don't really, I think it's to our detriment uh, as, as a profession. We don't know how to sell ourselves. And like you said, not in a used car salesman way, in a way that's really beneficial to help and progress our profession. Because if we can't show our value and why we mean so much to, to the general population, they're not going to understand why they should give that time and that importance and that value to PT as well. Yeah, and that's my goal with new PT tech. You know, like I said, we're in about 100 clinics now, but in the next five years, I want to, there's about 30,000 private practices in the US. I want to be at at least 3,000 of them in the next five years. Not because I want to sell that many newbie devices to them, but because I know that if I reach that many people, um, I really want to fundamentally change the physical therapy profession and change the way people think about physical therapy get people excited about going to physical therapy and not just, you know, I have to go to physical therapy because the average person will go to therapy, but they're not telling like six of their people in their, you know, bridge group. Oh, I'm going to therapy. I can't wait to go. It's just like, I'm going to therapy. I need to go. The doctor said so. So by bringing technology and being able to scale that with everybody from new grads and, and even the really seasoned clinician that, you know, uh, I joke that has the business card that looks like a sweepstakes check because they've done so many CEUs and so many certifications. It's great. I mean, they're a master clinician, but even that person can absolutely benefit from adding this to their toolbox. And one way they could benefit from it is they're probably the senior clinician. Every patient that comes to the door probably wants to see them. They only have enough hours in the day. They could still do the really technical, like five, 10 minutes of manual work and then hand them off to the less experienced clinician, but they're the technology expert using the newbie and they're gonna get an amazing result 
utilizing the newbie as well. So there's plenty of ways to scale it, even for that really high level clinician, but it really gives that new grad and that startup practice, that differentiator to be able to like have add rocket fuel to your skill set, and, and basically it comes down to what results are you getting and what outcomes are you getting with your patients and how quickly are you doing it. And that's, that's, that's why it's worked so well and why it's expanding. So, you know, so widely right now, I, I mean, I think, um, there's a, um, without getting too much in the weeds, but there's a theory called behavior, behavioral change theory or behavioral change models where you go from the early, you go from the innovator to the early adopters to the early majority to the late majority and the newbies and technology and, and PT practice that just works is getting close to that, like early adopter, early majority. So, yeah, I mean, you probably will start seeing it being talked about in PT schools pretty soon if, if no other reason, but my whole goal is to kind of make the people be better business people, better entrepreneurs by being able to scale the product that they're putting in their clinic by using technology, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense right there. And yeah, I, I just wanted to know, obviously you've had a success, successful career so far and continue to grow. Um, I, were you ever interested prior, you kind of said you like weren't really initially um, prior to PT school, but like why have you continued to try to push the, the ceiling for the PT world inside of entrepreneurship, inside of all these things. What has motivated you to keep doing that? Um, like I said, a lot of it is just seeing those other practices that are now you know expanding and, and being so successful. I mean, every startup practice that we've worked with has been ultimately successful at bringing this on. It almost becomes like, a, it's almost like you, you, you thrive to feel that like, being ability to help people, other people become successful. It's kind of, there's a book called the, that I like called the go giver. Um, if you give more than you ever expect to receive and return it, it'll eventually come back. It's kind of like rich dad, poor dad, you know, you know, those types of books. Uh, but that's really what I live now. I mean, I, I talk to people for probably like two, three months sometimes before they decide to adopt the new device. And I get so excited every time they call me back because they're asking for more information. You know, that's kind of really what drives me. And, it was never about like how much money are we going to make by putting these in clinics or is my clinic going to double in revenue every two years now? Uh, that's just a side effect of a doing the right thing for 20 years. I'm like, please Lord, when is it going to come back to me? <laughs> you know, up, to, up until 2017, but just continuing to do the right thing, not take shortcuts. I promise anybody that's listening, it will come back to you if you take those right steps, but you can't just wish for it. You have to make it make a decision to make a move. There's a there's a quote that uh, reads something like, "Is this um, are you a one day person or is this your one? Are you are you day one person? Right? One day I'll start my own business. One day I'll you know have enough money to buy my own building in my business. One day I'll hire another physical therapist when I have enough patients. Well, you have to get to that point where you're like, this is my day one. I'm gonna put myself in touch with the right people. I'm gonna pay my dues. I'm gonna take time doing it. I'm gonna trust the process. And I've just found a way to kind of really help practices and help physical therapists speed that up. And, uh, you know, by adding that clinical differentiator that I honestly think you know, it's something that could win like, you know, a major scientific award, like the Nobel prize in the next five years of some of the research that's currently coming out with adding this technology to, you know, to a practice. So that's kind of my goal is to, um, not really, you know, make a name for myself, but to help other practices really become as successful as possible. And using my model as, listen, I put in the time, 
I wasn't making money hand over fist. That didn't matter to me, but I wanted to have a better work life, <laughs> you know, uh, ratio. And I have that. I mean, I could take a month off now and be totally fine because my practice is running itself with great people that I have in place. And I'm focusing on like, you know, traveling the country now and teaching people virtually about bringing technology into their practice. So it's literally like a, for me, almost like a rags to riches. I mean, growing up, you know, I used to think that, uh, you know, we're, you know, Polish kid from Buffalo think that, you know, we had potato pancakes every Friday because it was like the best gourmet thing. I didn't realize it because potatoes were a lot cheaper and that's what was good. I remember asking my mom every Friday, how many can I have? Can I have 10? Can I have 20? And she just always tell me, you can have as many potato pancakes as you want. I thought it was Lent year round because we had potato pancakes every Friday. So that's kind of where I've come from, you know, working at McDonald's in high school to now kind of be able to reach all these people. So it's just, you know, it's very fulfilling and it just really makes a big difference when you can have that work-life balance, you know? Yeah, that is, I can just tell your, your motivation that you have in it and how all that hard work, like you said early on at the beginning, has paid off. That You had those, those key beliefs instilled in you and how you've used those throughout your career to really progress and grow. Um, and I wanted to know a little bit about that. Do you have future entrepreneurial goals? You kind of mentioned that a little bit. And then another question as well that I wanted to ask, out of all these things that you've learned, what is the biggest thing that you'd wish you had learned sooner in your career? I wish I would have known that I need like a mentor early on. Like that's what I tell startups. Like I literally, even in 2017, I had to borrow money from a patient of mine that was also a friend to hire Brian Gallagher and his team at Meg. It wasn't cheap, but I was like, I got to do something different. And I paid him back very quickly because we kind of paid off all our debt in that first year and we kind of, you know, increased our revenue. But find, you really find that mentor early on. And you can't, it's like, again, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, anybody that's read that book, you can't afford not to get in touch with the right people that have been there, done that um, early on. Because if I would have done that when I started my business, I probably would have been retired three times over and done stuff like I'm doing now, you know, 10 years ago. I mean, I'm only 48 now, so I still have plenty of time to do that. But um, that's the biggest thing. Um, And, you know, uh, just, Find somebody that you can kind of learn from and, and get that, you know, mentor kind of mindset. And and don't always do it because you're going to take the job with the best paying, paying, you know, salary early on. One thing we do in my practice is all of our therapists, they don't make the most that they can make anywhere as an outpatient practice, but they make a decent salary. But I only require them to see 40 patients a week. The national average for outpatient therapists, even new grads, is 65 patients a week. Um, I pay them a lower base salary at, you know, and say, you only have to see 40 patients a week because I want you to be able to learn. I don't want you to be stressed. I don't want you to feel like I'm dumping all these patients on you that you don't have time to even digest on how to help. Um, but you know, for every patient over that 40, you get a per diem. And if you do end up averaging 65 patients a week, like the average of anywhere else you're going to go work, you're going to be making 85, 90 grand a year, your first year out of school. It does two things. It helps me not force the patients on them where they're not really ready for that yet. But it also keeps me from getting frustrated as a business owner saying, I'm paying you as if you're seeing 65, but you're only really able to see 40 effectively. So it's kind of like a win-win. It's kind of like what we call a shared risk model with salaries. And we call those people, actually, Brian, I'll give him credit. We call them intrapreneurs. So somebody like yourself, who's not ready to put all that investment and that risk and that money in your own practice, you can work at a practice where you can become, become an entrepreneur. I mean, you could be as busy as you want to be. You could develop new programs within the you know, umbrella of that company and develop you know different things that you want to do. Be as busy as you want to be, and you can make money like as if you're a very successful practice owner, but without all the risk as an entrepreneur. So we give people those opportunities 
you know, and, and things like that to kind of become successful. But it takes kind of the right person. There's there's a lot of people out there who just want to be good clinicians, want to get a paycheck, want to go home, and that's fine too. I mean, there's a place for everybody, you know. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. Thank you so much. Um, I've seen like I just checked the clock and we've it's flown by yeah. how fast. Yeah, it went by fast. <laughs> it, it did. Um, and so yeah, just before wrapping up, is there any additional information or advice you'd like to share with the audience? And then also, um, if people are interested in talking with you more, um, what is the best way to contact you? Yeah, um, I would look at both um, my my practice uh, website and our social media. The practice is go cep pro cepro two p's. And it's the same as our our Instagram for my practice, and then New PT Tech, you know, N E U P T T E C H is also our Instagram page. Uh, my email, my direct email, is support at newpttech.com, uh, and they could reach out to me that way. But uh, yeah, I would, my advice would be if you are thinking about starting your own practice and you're just out of school, or you're thinking about you know I'm, I want to go work for this place or that place, and I'm not sure how to do it, or if you go work for somebody and you're like, I heard about this technology, I really think they should, you know, maybe consider it, you know, give me a call, give me a, shoot me an email. I mean, I'm all, I'm, I'm doing this all day long now, you know, I'm still kind of overseeing my practice, but um, this is the main thing that I'm doing. And uh, the future kind of, yeah, you kind of asked about the future uh, entrepreneur kind of, um, we're starting to actually get really good at talking to practice owners, startups that, and or practices that need a, like a refresh on clinic design from what does the clinic layout need to look like? Um, what type of equipment do you need to have a technology suite? How do you do it inexpensively? Like, you, like for instance, you can get luxury vinyl tile, put it on a wall behind the reception desk and make it look really good, like a, like a wood veneer um, for really inexpensive. But different pieces of equipment that we found like perfects the clinic, because you want your clinic to look modern. You want it to look technology savvy. So when somebody walks into one of our clinics, uh, our, our flagship right now in Tampa, it looks like you're walking into like a Lululemon store, a yoga studio. You know, we could do everything that and we could do everything that a 10,000 square foot gym can do with pro athletes with all this equipment by using technology and maybe like a TRX rig or something like that. Um, you know, for that type of thing by using technology to be able to enhance it. So um, love to talk to people if they're looking at starting a practice and they're like, how do I even get started with doing that design? That's something that we're looking at getting into uh, under the new PT Tech brand. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. Honestly, um, this is a lot of information. I feel like we could even bring you on in the future again and still talk so much more content. Yeah, there are a lot of topics that I think we could spend like a half hour just talking about. Like, talk about like how you bring your interns through and how do you turn them into entrepreneurs or talk to us a little bit about case studies with the newbies so we can understand. Them. So I'd be happy to come back on for stuff like that. But I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, sounds like good. We'll have to uh, schedule one up in the future. But yeah, thank you so much, Jason. Uh, that was a pleasure. And I hope everyone that's listening to this really is able to get all of those nuggets out that are, are so valuable to what has made Jason successful. And hopefully will create all of us to be success as well. But thank you so much, Jason. All right, take care. Have a good one. Thanks, you too. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked that episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe and also leave a review. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time.